The NHL season is here. Two days for the Sabres, which means it is prediction time for the team, for players, and for around the league. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Sneaky Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports at Locked On Sabres on Twitter. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to check us out there as well. We are two days away from the start of Sabre season, but Tuesday is the beginning of the NHL season. So I've got predictions for you, bold player predictions for the Sabres, team predictions for the Sabres, and also my pick for the eight playoff teams in the East and also my Stanley Cup prediction. That's all ahead. I'd love to hear your prediction. You could do that either on Twitter, you could do that on YouTube, and we'll be sure to read it on the program. Be interested to see what everybody's thinking going into this year. Non-Saber division as well. Uh, Edmonton, for instance. Everybody is picking the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. I just watched Elliot Friedman do it right before I got get, I got going. Um, tons and tons of people are picking Edmonton. Like, Do you guys not know what they've been in goal and on the blue line for years and years? And they really didn't fix that right like Stuart Skinner okay he was good last year but we're just banking on he's going to be good enough to win them a cup in goal I heard a lot of like Jack Campbell was great in the preseason come on uh, too far too far I, I know preseason is not the NFL preseason but I think the Edmonton Stanley Cup picks are a bit too far uh I think I just gave away that my Stanley Cup prediction will not be the Oilers, but stay tuned for that a little bit later on in today's show. Nothing really newsy. I mean, Riley Stillman clears waivers. Uh, He got sent down to Rochester. Nice to have – I heard Kevin Adams on Sabres Live today talk about how they have NHL defensemen in Rochester. They're super deep. Um, Jacob Bryson is up as the seventh for the Sabres. He can play in the NHL. Riley Stillman can play in the NHL. He's in Rochester. And Ryan Johnson showed he could play in the NHL, and he's in Rochester as well. Also, Casey Middlestat, dealing with a little bit of an injury. Um, No cause for panic, though. Seems like uh, it's just tweak something. He's getting tests to make sure it's nothing serious day-to-day. And both Don Granato and Kevin Adams said they expect Middlestat to practice on Wednesday, which is big because we'd like to, I'd like to see Middlestat play with Zach Benson on that line with Jordan Greenway. I talked with Don Granado on WGR on Tuesday morning. Check it out on uh, the WGR website because it's a super good conversation with the Sabres head coach. I love talking to him. He's always got some good stuff. Um, he was very excited about the potential for Jordan Greenway in this offense this year. He was hurt when he showed up for the Sabres last year. He you know, did was came in late in the year. And full offseason, healthy coming into the year, playing with the middle staff, playing with the Benson. Granado sounded like someone that thinks Jordan Greenway is really going to step forward. Um, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Not my favorite player, not my favorite uh, piece of the puzzle. Um, but, you know, you got to give Granado a chance with all these guys, especially guys at Greenway that he has coached in the past because he always seems to get the most out of them. I got predictions for you. Starting with team predictions, then I'll work my way to player predictions for the Sabres, and then to NHL predictions. As Tuesday marks the first day of the NHL season, you have rooting interest in all three games for different degrees. Um, First up, 5.30. 
if uh, you're looking for playoff scoreboard watching already, keep an eye on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They host the Nashville Predators for the first game of the NHL season. Nashville's slight underdog in that game. Uh, Tampa is starting Jonas Johansson in goal. Former Sabre draft pick has never been a regular NHLer, but they don't have Andre Vasilevsky for over a month, maybe two months. So they have the worst starting goalie for opening night in the league. And I think Nashville uh, could really give East hockey fans and Sabre hockey fans a boost thinking, oh, Tampa could really be bad. So I'll be rooting for the Predators hard in that one. Chicago versus Pittsburgh at 8 o'clock. Uh, Pittsburgh, a team that just missed the playoffs last year, also tied with the Sabres in the standings, missed by one point. Um, so go Chicago in that one. That's an easy West versus East. And then if you still care, you could root against Jack Eichel at 10.30 as Seattle uh, plays Vegas. I won't be up for that game. I'm going to use the excuse of I have to wake up early on Wednesday morning, which I do, to not have to watch the Golden Knights lift uh, the Stanley Cup again and raise their band to the rafters let's kick it off our prediction episode with the saber season predictions for what i see standings wise and really just how i see the season going in general how i see the saber season going i've got the buffalo sabers who have an over under point total at 95 and a half i've got them at 98 points and I do believe that will be enough to make the postseason. Last year, that would have been enough to make the postseason by actually a pretty comfortable margin. And while that might look like a fluke last year, because typically it takes more than the 92 points that Florida got in with, but I don't think the conference is really going to be stronger. I think there are a lot of weak teams. Montreal is bad. I think Detroit is bad. Philly's bad. Columbus is bad. I think Pittsburgh could get a lot worse. I think the Islanders are due for regression. I think the Capitals are going to be bad. I think there's a lot of bad teams in the East. So I don't think the bar is going to be as high as it was three, four years ago. I think 98 is good enough to make the postseason. That's where I have the Sabres finishing. That is seven points higher than they finished last season. Now, I do expect some goal regression. Nothing crazy. I would still pick them to be a top five scoring team in the league because of the style they play and the skill they have. But I think you're going to see some slight regression, but you'll see progression at least in some way in that and on the blue line. But the reason I don't have the Sabres in the triple digits is I still do not trust their goaltending behind Devin Levi. And I think if you have to play 30 plus games, Luka Pekalukanen, Eric Comrie, or some combination of the, of the two, that I think that is going to keep the Sabres in check when it comes to the standings. And let's be honest on the blue line. I like the blue line. It's better than it was last year. Connor Clifton is better than what the Sabres had last year in Riley Stillman. And Eric Johnson, even though I think he's a little washed at this point, is better than Jacob Bryson was last year for the Sabres, who were playing regular roles. And they're both better than Kale Clegg, who played way too much for this hockey team last season. So blue line is better, but it's not perfect. The goaltending is better, but it's not perfect. I think those two positions are going to let them down a little bit, and it's going to cause the Sabres to not get to triple digits in terms of point totals. Quick time out here, player projections when we return. If you want to go to the arena, if you want to see all this excitement, this playoff hunt all year long, be sure to head over to the Game Time app. And you still have a couple of days to do it to get into that home opener against New York. That is coming up. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, 
and keep an eye on prices. If you're looking to get in, um, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. You shouldn't have to worry about where you're buying tickets to get to your next big event, including the home opener, the football game coming up this weekend as well. It's the perfect time of the year for, uh, for big sports events to go to, but it's also not just sports. You got music, you've got comedy theater events as well with killer last minute deals, all in prices and views from your seat. That's my favorite part of the game time app is you scroll through. It's right there for you. You can see very clearly exactly what you are going to be looking at, what your angle is to the ice or the field, uh, how high up you are, how low are you are it's very clear right there you have to take the guesswork out you don't have to google seating maps to, to kind of picture it in your own mind game time is going to provide that for you right there download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms and terms apply again create an account redeem the code locked on nhl l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n nhl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase. It is prediction season. A lot of predictions out there. Sabres are being picked to make the playoffs in some places, and in some, they are not. Greg Wyshynski didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I heard Ryan Lambert pick them to make the playoffs. Um, among Steve Dangle picked them to finish top three in their division. Get to that in a little bit, where I see the Sabres finishing standings-wise. I already told you the point total, but I'll tell you where I think they finish when I do my East predictions in a moment. But first, I got five bold player predictions for the 2023-24 Buffalo Sabres season. Some are bolder than others. Number five, counting down from five to one, in terms of how it rank their boldness. Number five, not as bold. I think that Tage Thompson gets to 50 goals and will become the first 50-goal sa- scorer for the Buffalo Sabres in 30 years since Alexander McGillney and Pat LaFontaine did it. I think that Thompson gets there. He would have got there last season had he not been injured late in the year. Been playing through an injury, missed a couple of games. He would have cruised to 50 goals. And I'm not, you know, there's a chance he doesn't make it through this season healthy. That could always happen. But I think Thompson gets to 50 goals um, this season for the first time again that a Sabre's done that in three decades. He has all the ability in the world to do it. Number four, Devin Levi will play less than 50 games. This is not the craziest bold take ever, but I think Levi is going to have some struggles. I don't think it's going to be all flowers at the beginning of the year and even throughout the season. I think he's a 21-year-old goaltender that has never played a schedule like this, a rigorous schedule. And the same way if you hear my football takes, I rely on historical precedent when it comes to rookie tight ends and why they don't produce. And that's happening, by the way, with the Bills. I want to do the same thing with goaltenders of this age. Goalies of this age, Devin Levi's age, do not come in right away, play full seasons as a number one, and play great the whole way through. Some do it. Some come close to doing it, and a couple of anomalies have happened throughout time. And there is a good chance Devin Levi is an anomaly. I'm very open to him being one of those guys. But I'm going to go with historical precedent here that says that age, that position, You can't just show up and be great for 50-plus games. I think Levi will play the majority of the games. I think Levi will be far and away the Sabres' best goaltender. So I'm not down on him as an idea at all to be their number one goalie. He should be their number one goalie. But I don't think it's going to be perfect all the way through. There might be a few weeks, there might be a month where we go, ooh, Levi is struggling a little bit. I think that's going to happen. And part of their inconsistency behind him is why I'm a little worried about their goaltending situation in the first place. 
Levi playing less than 50 games, number four. Which, by the way, what is, that's still only, that could be 35, that could be 34 games, 35 games, 36 games, whatever, for the other two guys. Number three, my number three bold prediction for the Sabre season, player projection-wise. KC Middlestat will reach 60 points. I think that this one is also not the most bold take in the world. My first, my top two are going to be the ones why you'll see why I really call them bold predictions. But Middlestad almost got there last year. Now, here's why I do think this is a little bold. If Thompson stays healthy all the way through the year, and I'm, I'm kind of predicting that by saying he'll get to 50, then Middlestad probably doesn't play much with Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner. And a lot of his production late in the season that got him up to 59, which is what he had last year point-wise. A lot of that came with Jeff Skinner and, T and Alex Tuck late in the year. I mean, in the month of April, in the month of April, Casey Middlestad had 13 points in eight games. Huge chunk of his production came there. I don't know that he has a streak like that, but I think he will be a more consistent player throughout the year. I think you'll see some more power play production from Middlestad as well, as he'll get, I think, some more opportunities on that front. Um, and he's had a contract year. So guys generally see a little bit of an uptick in their contract year. I think Middlestead gets to 60 points despite having fewer opportunities to play with the top line that he did last year. Number two, this is where I think we start getting a little bold, pretty real bold. My number two bold prediction for the Sabres, Zach Benson will reach 50 points. This means he's with the team all year. This means he is productive with the team for most of the year. And this means that at age 18, I've got Zach Benson outpacing 20-year-old J.J. Paterka from last year and 20-year-old Jack Quinn from last year. So two years younger than those two last year. Neither of them even reached 40 points. I've got Benson getting to 50. That's how impressed I've been by him. That's how much I'm trusting these prospect writers and prospect analysts that how good this kid is, how good his skill set is. And for a 13th overall pick to make the team like that, I think this guy's got to have special talent. And he's playing with a good score in Casey Middlestaff to start the year. Might get some time with Thompson and Jeff Skinner as he did a lot of that in camp. I've got Benson getting to 50 points. How about that? You know my best comparison for that, why I like this prediction and this number? I like the Tyler Ennis comparison. Now, I think he's more better of a two-way player, a more gritty version of Ennis. Um, but Tyler Ennis, at a roughly the same size, maybe even a little bit smaller, in 2010-11, had 49 points in 82 games. I think this is a pretty good comparable. Difference between then and now, scoring's up. So, you know, inflated, inflation uh, for Ennis on that same season or for Benson on that same season would get to 50. My number one bold prediction of the Buffalo Sabre season. I am picking one Sabre to increase his point total by 27. I'm get, picking Rasmus Dahlin to have 100 points. And to become... Let me just double-check this is right. I looked up before the show. I thought it was right. I just want to make sure. To become the first Sabre defenseman ever to have 100 points. Phil Housley, for as great as he was for so long as for the Sabres offensively, never got higher than 81. And Housley never got higher than 97, which he had with Winnipeg. I think Dalene gets to 100. I think he has a season a la what Eric Carlson had last year in San Jose. Carlson had 100 points. But Dalene plays, you know, a more overall all-around game. 
I think he gets to 100. I think he's that special. I think he's one of the best three. Going to end up in everyone's book by the end of the year, be a top three defenseman in the NHL. And the Sabres power play is lethal. He gets all the power play minutes. Um, I think it's going to be Darlene to get a huge bump forward. And by the way, he was going to come pretty close to that. As much as we talk about Thompson being injured second half of the year, Darlene was injured second half of last year as well. So I've got him getting to 100 as my number one bold prediction of the Buffalo Sabres season. A timeout here. When we come back, my eight playoff teams in the East and my Stanley Cup prediction. That's coming up here on the Locked On Savers podcast. If you want to bet on one of these teams to make the playoffs, you can do that at FanDuel Sportsbook. But it's also football season, basketball approaching as well. But snap into the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place, no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options. I mentioned futures. You can look at playoff odds, um, Stanley Cup odds, spreads, player props, over-unders, plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Final segment here on the Locked On Savers podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. My favorite types of predictions are conference predictions, playoff predictions. My eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference, one through eight, including where I have the Sabres. I told you 98 points, and I'll tell you what I think that is good for. Number one in the Atlantic Division, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs finishing number one. I think the Maple Leafs are an incredible regular season hockey team. I still think they are... Not built well for the playoffs. I think the proof is in the pudding by this point. You know, five years in, four years in, I would have told you, well, they just get unlucky. Eight years into this, not being able to win the playoffs, it's too many to call it a coincidence anymore. I don't really like their offseason moves. John Klingberg uh, on the second pair. uh, Max Domi. I do like Tyler Bertuzzi. uh, He's been playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I think that's going to work. But I like Ilya Samsonov back as the number one goalie. I've always kind of like Sam Sonoff. I think Toronto is still got all that talent, and they're a great regular season team. I think they're going to hold serve, and they're going to be the number one team in the Atlantic Division. Number two in the Atlantic Division, I have the Florida Panthers. Florida with a down year last year regular season-wise after a President's Trophy campaign, but they did show up in the playoffs. They were great throughout the playoffs. I think the playoffs and the previous regular season are more real than last year's regular season was. Um, Evan Rodriguez is a sneaky little signing that I like that Florida made. Um, they added to their blue line, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson. Okay, depth defenseman, you would hope. The thing Florida is going to have to withstand is early season injuries. Aaron Ekblad, Brandon Montour both have big injuries to start the year. Can they survive without that? And also, is Spencer Knight ever going to come back? He's been in the, the program for the NHL uh, with uh, alcohol abuse, I believe. Um, so will he ever come back? But they do have Sergei Bobrovsky, who's coming off a really hot playoff. Either way, Florida's littered with with talent throughout their lineup. Still got Barkov, still got Verhage, and still got Matthew Kachuk, Sam Reinhardt, Anton Lundell, and Lutz Serenin, I think are going to take steps forward this year. I like how deep Florida is, especially up front. I think they can get by for the first few weeks of the season until they get their top two defensemen back. And uh, really two of their top three. Gustav 
Forsling is mixed into that mix uh, as well. Florida, number two in the Atlantic. I've got the Sabres, number three in the Atlantic division. I got them above Boston, above Tampa. Um, I do think they're deep. I think they've got deep up front. I think the blue line is better. The goaltending I've talked about is better as well. Sabres, I've got 98 points being good for number three. And before you ask, is 98 good enough for a top three? Tampa had 98 last year and finished third. So I'm just going with the same number from last year. The Metropolitan Division, my number one team. I picked to win the Metro. I'm going to go chalk and just pick the Carolina Hurricanes. It's a boring pick. Uh, They're the favorite to do it. They did it last year. But Carolina is just a well-built hockey team that understands what wins in today's NHL. Puck movement, speed, skill, uh, the type of defensemen they bring in. I think they treat goaltender the right way. Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta are a nice duo. Um, but the blue line is still the biggest reason for me. I think they have an incredible blue line. One through six. Is anyone better? I think it's arguable they have the best blue line, the most diverse blue line in terms of different types of defensemen. All good puck movers, by the way. Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Brent Burns, Dmitry Orlov, and Tony D'Angelo. I think that's the best one through six blue line in the National Hockey League. They have the talent up front. They added Michael Bunting in the offseason uh, for their top six. Nietzsche's. Cockton Yemi, Aho. I love the Carolina Hurricanes roster, um, and I think they're going to win the Metropolitan Division. Just behind them, again, I'm going to go chalk and boring here. The, I'm picking one, two, three in the Metro, exactly how it went last year, which I know is boring. But I got New Jersey number two. They had a Tyler Toffoli in the offseason. That's nice, but they didn't do enough in the offseason for me to catch Carolina. The one thing that will open me up to New Jersey winning this division can Luke Hughes, who is, by the way, right now, he was the former fourth overall pick in the NHL draft defenseman in Owen Powers' year, Michigan. He's the second leading favorite for the Calder Trophy in the betting odds behind Connor Bedard. If he comes in and is a star right away, then maybe that could lift them over Carolina. Um, Vitek Vanacek is my question mark. He was gr- very good last year as a starter. He had never been that before last year. Can him and Akira Schmidt uh, hold up in goal? Um, I have more questions about their goaltending than I do about Carolinas. All right. Number three in the Metro, by the way, the New York Rangers. I just don't like anybody else in the Metro. That's really what it's more about. I'm not a big Ranger guy for this season, but they've got Igor Shesterkin. They've got a goalie that can bail them out. They've got talent. Um, and I don't like anybody else in the Metro. I think Washington's coming way back to earth. Columbus is terrible. I think Pittsburgh is going to step back as well. So my two wildcard teams. Number one is Boston. I think Boston's going to get in. Even though I've said it repeatedly, I think there's a chance they don't. Because I think they have the worst center group in hockey. Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, Matthew Poitras is a prospect that's made the team, and John Beecher. I think they're the worst center group in hockey. That being said, everything else is still good. The wingers are great. Pasternak, Marchand, DeBrusque, uh, Frederick, they've got depth on the wing. They've got good blue liners, right? Lindholm and McAvoy, um, Brandon Carlo. And they have the, one of the best goalie duos, if not the best goalie duo in hockey with Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman. So I have them taking a massive step back, 40-point-plus step back, um, or right around 40 points step back. But I think the goaltending is good enough to keep them above water, and they have enough scoring around the centermen to get them going as well. So I got Boston getting, getting in as the number one wildcard team. And then I have a fifth Atlantic Division team squeaking into the postseason. I've got the Ottawa Senators taking a big step forward and getting into the postseason. Uh, I like the trade they made last year for Jacob Chikorin. I think he'll be better for them after a full offseason than he was in the, in the back half of last year. I like their blue line a lot, by the way. The top three. 
rivals, almost rivals the Sabres top three. I think the Sabres top three better. But Chikrin, Thomas Shabbat, Jake Sanderson has massive potential on that Senators blue line. They have a lot of talent up front. They have young talent up front with a lot of players that have capabilities of taking another step forward. Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, um, you know, Drake Batherson, for instance. Josh Norris is dealing with an injury at the beginning of the year. So that is something to keep an eye on. The thing about Ottawa, this is why I'm not picking them to finish where the Sabres are. And the biggest difference to me right now between the Sabres and the Senators, even though I just criticized the Sabres goaltending, is Ottawa's goaltending. I am more confident in Devin Levi stepping up and being a number one than I am about Jonas, Jonas Corposalo, who Ottawa paid big, who has never really been an impressive netminder as a number one. I liked him as an idea for the Sabres as a number two, but not as a number one. I think Corposalo below Levi. I like the Sabres blue line top three even more, even though I like Ottawa's. Um, and I think their depth at forward is better than Ottawa's. I think the Sabres are just an upgraded version of the Senators. But I think the Senators are a close version of the Sabres. So with that, I think they do get in the postseason. I think they beat out Tampa. I do not believe Tampa, who was not good at the end of last season, has it in them to withstand a two-month Andre Vasilevsky injury. There was no team in the league less ready to overcome a goalie injury to their number one than Tampa. I think missing Vasilevsky is going to sink them early. I do not believe that they are going to be able to make up that difference. There already was a trend last year that they were falling apart. They were looking old. Um, I think the, the Lightning will miss the postseason. That's my biggest prediction in the East, I think. Even though I'm not going really out on a limb, a lot of people are doing that. I heard Sean McIndoe do that this morning, that uh, he thinks they're going to miss the playoffs as well. All right, that's it. Tampa out, Ottawa in, Buffalo in. Those are my predictions for the 2023-24 season. Enjoy the hockey on Tuesday. Nashville, Tampa kicks things off at 5.30. Vegas and Seattle late, and I don't know why I'm going out of order, but you got Connor Bedard's debut against the Penguins at 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the hockey. We'll talk tomorrow. Uh, talk more about the lineup on Thursday. Uh, that's next time here on the Lockdown Savers Podcast. Thanks, man, because you're making us your first listen every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.